Hey, hey, folks. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of Trost Talk here. Uh, we got a great episode in store for you. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Also, follow me on Instagram at Trost Talk. Um, but first, my buddy, Pablo2020. you guys hear anything in the background i got bruiser in the uh in the studio with me today he's uh hearing my hear me talk to him he's a little confused so um you know just gonna continue i'm i don't know where i was going with that anyways um so back from vacation i uh was in Mexico. I was in Cabo with some family. It was a great time. We stayed in a killer house, secluded. That's the way to go. If you're going to ever travel, do, don't do go to the touristy spots. And everybody says this, and I sound like a snob, but I promise you, just find a house in the outskirts, somewhere where you can drive in so you can still go do some of the touristy things if you want it, but you want to be in the secluded areas. It's better. You're going to get more engulfed with the local people which is what we did. We we were nowhere near a hotel. The nearest hotel was like 45 minutes from us. And so where we were going out to dinner, it was, it was like total local spots. It was cool. Um, but uh, water wasn't swimmable. I guess they had like a swell that came in like because of one of the biggest swells in the last 10 years. Uh, normally where we were is apparently pretty good swimming, but uh, you couldn't swim in it. Uh, but the house was amazing. Got pretty tan. Uh, people finally believe me that I am part Mexican because of the way I'm holding my tan here. But uh, back, back finally. Um, having a, a good day. Went to boxing the last couple of days, getting my lungs back. Um, just, uh, just having fun and uh, working out. Um, lots happened since I was gone, uh, and uh, we will get into that. A little bit later, um, but first, uh, you know, just kind of, I guess, lead into some of it. So one of the things that kind of happened on the trip is kind of funny. It's, you know, we were sitting there. It's like we ordered some pizzas, and two people at the uh, table ordered pizzas that were rather close in similarity. Um and so they mixed up like who they gave it to and the other person already started eating it. And they're like, Hey, you know, we're sorry. Um, the only difference is the one that we'd be giving you. The only difference is this will have garlic. That one doesn't. And you know, so the, you know, as always, the waiters are always like, is that going to be a problem? And so I just started, this is how my brain works is in my head. I just started thinking, I was like, how funny would it be? Like, is that a problem? Uh, you tell me. And then my aunt just rolls up her sleeve and she just has fuck garlic tattooed on her. <laughs> you tell me if it's a problem. What does that say? What do you think then? Yeah, I don't want the garlic. So that's kind of like how my brain works. Um, and then I just, yeah, just uh, other things I kind of been thinking about too is, you know, you know, I'm always trying to like kind of work some comedy bits. And the other day I was just sitting there and, you know, the way politics is kind of lately is the way it's like so... Um, 
it's so divisive and it's like polarizing it for everybody. So I just started thinking, I was like, well, what if like back in the caveman days? Cause it's like, it's still to be, have an opinion and like to be influenced or get a feeling or emotion from something in response to something is pretty natural. So it's like, what do you think like the first caveman did when they were just like, like, like what would be something huge? Like when someone started wearing cloth over their uh, genitals, they'd be like, disgusting you're not supposed to have that on like nature intended just yelling at people like what would they be doing like they just they gotta be like some you know some cavemen and women were just judgy like ugh. there goes there goes tim again wearing his fucking cloth ugh, disgusting some people man they just you know they just don't care about other people around them ugh, these progressives that's what I think is going on. Um, but other than that, pretty good. Uh, my girl's gone. She's on vacation. Uh, she's in Laguna right now. Uh, so I'm watching her dog, and I was just watching him right now. Right now, He's licking his, his paws. And his back's turned to me like he's upset, but I don't know why he would be. But, uh, you know, every time I go to take him out and go potty, he'll be like, He'll just look at me, and he gets, su- as most dogs, like, he gets super freaking amped when he's about to go to the bathroom. He's just, like, he just starts huffing a lot. He's all, <laughs> just getting overly excited. So, you know, it's it's funny because he knows if he has to wait for me to call him over, and he knows that if he steps off that, I'll prolong it, and I won't, I won't, we won't be going it right that second. So you'll see him, and he'll he'll be perked up, fully aroused, just like, looking at me, eyeballing me, and he's just waiting. He will, you can almost like see him talking to himself. He's like, don't step off this bed. Bruiser, whatever you do, do not step off this bed. You will not be going outside to go potty. And you can just see him convincing himself, and it's hilarious because it's like the moment I open up my mouth and just make a noise to going like, okay, he will hop off that. He sprints, man, and he gallops just like, a retarded horse where his front legs come so far forward, but they're like in opposite direction and they're like flaring out. And then he just like, it's like a, it's like watching a slinky try to run is like what it would be like. Um, but anyways, as always, uh, merch in my, on my Instagram page. Um, it is, it is, in the link in my bio, um, also all the platforms where you can listen to me on are Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Um, little shout-outs to things that happened. Uh, the Euro 2020s, I didn't get to cover it, but as I thought, I thought Italy would win. Congratulations to Italy. Um, you know, I had him as a dark horse after the first game. Not surprised England lost. Um, it's always tough going to. It's always tough going to penalties and losing in penalties. Uh, you know, a lot of the England players were getting s- shit for taking off their medals. I don't have a problem with it. You know, they did their. They they were respectful. They weighed. They stayed on the field. They watched. You know, Italy get their trophy. They they walked on stage. They didn't leave. They didn't make excuses for their loss. You know, them wanting to take off because they're disappointed in getting second. Um, you know, I don't I don't think that 
that is something to be upset about. And it's just, it's ridiculous for you to think that you should be able to tell these athletes how to respond emotionally to something that they care more about than you could ever know and understand. So, you know, I, I get like, you have to have a common decency, but you know, it's like one thing. It's like, you know, LeBron got crap because he left the like when he lost and he just walked off. And he's notorious for walking off before the game's even over. Uh, but he's, you know, he's left bef- without like saying, you know, what's up to the other players. You know, hockey has where you, you have to go and when you lose, you have to shake the other team's hand. You have to do your little fist bumps, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, here, like they were there for the trophy presentation just because they didn't want to keep their second place medal on. It's just ridiculous to be upset about. But congratulations, Italy. You guys did a great job. Um, and, and honestly, I think the right team won it. Um, also why I was gone now, I did come back and I was back here for the sixth and final game of the NBA finals, but I did miss games, I think three, four, and five. Um, I watched some of it in, um, in Mexico, but not very little, um, Bucks, um, congratulations, man. You know, I, you know, I, threw me off. I didn't think they would win it. Um, you know, I thought, I thought with Giannis just returning from injury, um, I don't really trust Drew Holiday to be, you know, your third scorer. He's just such an inconsistent scorer, but he does do a lot great. Um, one of those things would be, you know, like in the last game, game six, he had a quiet, almost triple double. He had a, like 11 point or he had 13 points, 11 re or 11 assists and nine rebounds. And then he he single-handedly took Devin Booker out of the game. So, you know, that's what you can get with them, but you would like to see him not go 4 for 19. I do want him to shoot 15 shots, but he needs to be able to consistently hit like 7. Like his night he should be going 7 for 15 every night, like on average. Um But I, I, you know, here's another thing. I'll get to actually. I'll get to this later. So you know, first thoughts on the series. Uh, it shocked me, um, but then the more and more I started thinking about it and really analyzing it, I wasn't too shocked about it. Um, while I do think CP3, it's irrefutable that he does make teams better. I, he's not somebody, and I think this has been a story about him that I think has kind of put him in a unfortunate light because for him because people act like he's somebody that you can build a team around and I don't think he's somebody you can build a team around you know this is point in case he doesn't win you games he's a really good game manager he's a really good uh you know he's a true point guard he's He's a very good game manager. He's a, he's got his ability to score. He's a great passer. He runs the offense. He's a second, essentially a second coach out there. But players you build teams around, you need them to have the ability to score late and put. I, I know I hate the like. I don't want to say like put the team on your shoulder, but like they've got to be able to hit big shots um, in big moments. Now, you may argue, well, what about Giannis? Like, he doesn't, Chris Middleton was it. Yes, but Giannis, if you feed him into the post, he's going to get it. The problem is, is the moment he touches it in the post, the reason this is why big men don't really like Shaq, 
you didn't really go to him in the in the final because they would just immediately double or triple team you in the post immediately um and so that's why it's it's better to have a you know an outside shooter that's why middleton can do it now i will defend him and i think that booker could have been uh, for cp3 is booker was supposed to be that guy and the reality is is booker's just a little too young for that um and it was his first nba finals drew holiday just got in his fucking bag and was just in his grill mugging him making him work for everything um and then Giannis just absolutely dismantled DeAndre Ayton. Just single hand like he just he just toyed with him. Um You know, and I think this kind of proved my theory about Giannis is it's this old school tactic of just bully ball. He's just gonna bully everybody in the paint and he's figuring it out. Now, here's the thing is I think there's gonna be another jump is you see it with people who, when they win their first title, you look at LeBron, he wins his first title, and the jump he made to 2013 was just incredible. It was like he shifted to a whole other gear that you didn't even know he had. Uh, and I think Giannis is going to be similar. I think he's going to start. He doesn't even have an incredible post repertoire of moves set down there. He's pretty much back you down, use his size and strength, and kind of jump over you, and he can just hit an eight-foot, nine-foot shot. Um He's going to start developing a little bit of a post game, and if he continues to work on his shooting, he's he's going to be, I think, just astronomical. He's going to be one of the greatest of all time. Um, you know, I, I I'm curious where uh, where it will go, how like what he's going to develop. I think he's I think he's going to have this mental block gone because he's had this pressure and the stress of you're this two time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. You, why haven't you won a, won a title? And it's like, okay, now he has, and that was his mental blocker. It's why, like, he used to be a decent free throw shooter. Now he's not. And I think it's a mental thing. I think he's putting this pressure on himself, and now he's finally broken through that seal. And I think you're going to see him turn a whole other corner that you just don't think is necessarily possible. But now that that blocker's gone, he's going to, his game's going to develop. And, you know, people, you're like, well, he, this could just be like a one-and-done like Dirk. Well, Dirk was a little past his prime. Not like much, but I think he was like 31, 32 at the point of this 2011 season. And so he was like, this was his last run where Giannis is only 26, and he got this. Like, he's still got many, many, many years left to get it more. Um you know, a lot of people want to call this a fluke run because of the Nets, and the Nets could have beat them. Well, for, I, like, first of all, game one and two, pretty solid wins. Game one was like, it was a good win. I mean, they didn't blow them out. They, you know, they were up 15 with like two, three minutes left. They didn't blow them out, but it was a good solid win. They blew them out in the second game. But then the full team was there. Bucks won, sloppy albeit. They beat them, game three. And then game four, Kyrie gets hurt. They lose. Um, I mean, and really in the last three and a half games, it just changed. And Giannis did start, he had a couple games where he shot a lot of threes, but he started turning a corner and that's where he started only taking one to two threes, uh, uh, a game. And he was just living in the post. He, he wasn't going to let Blake Griffin stop him is essentially what he came to that conclusion. And, you know, yes, they were, uh, inch or two of Durant's toe being over the line away from winning that game. Sure. But, you know, 
if you want to play that what if game, you could argue like the shot that the Bucks had missed previous to put them up four, that could have won them the game. So it's like that's why I hate the what ifs. His foot was on the line. Get over it. Um, you know, I I think obviously next year it's still going to be between them and there's questions, but it's all assumptions. You don't know if they were fully fully healthy. They wouldn't have swept them because they had already lost with all their team. Uh, in game three, they were down 2-1. You don't know if they would have swept them. Now you have, let's say they win game four regardless. It's 2-2. Two to two, And now you have two of the mentally weakest players in the NBA. Let's say Kyrie stays stays healthy, right? But they still lose game two, which could have been possible. He played 17 minutes. Like, the game was close even when Kyrie was there. So they could have arguably won game t- four. So they're up. Or now they were up 2-0, now it's tied 2-2, and you have the two most mentally weak players in the NBA who just are have just now blown a 2-0 lead. You're telling me that it was guaranteed that they were going to beat the Bucks? I you could assume, sure, but I I like it. That's just it. It's an assumption. You do not know. You don't know how those other games would have transpired. And for the most part, like they beat them in those other games. Like they. They won four to one or three to one without. Uh, it wasn't like, it wasn't like Durant went and like, oh, he he lost the last five games and you know he won two of them though on his own. He won one game on his own for him and then he lost the other three, um, two and a half really. But my point is, is you can't really take too much away from the Bucks. Like they did well and you, you just don't know how that series would have turned out. Now next year it's going to be a great one. I think obviously fair questions are, can you rely on KD and Kyrie to be healthy? Because if you look at their injury history, they're not. Uh, KD's a little more less, I would say, but Kyrie definitely injury prone. And then what's Harden going to look like next year? You know, he loves the strip club. He was he looked like a homeless man and completely overweight this whole year. Um, so what what's going to happen there? You know, um, some of the questions that I think kind of arise with Giannis here, though, is like, what's his status in the league? Is he the best player in the league? I would argue yes. I think if you say KD, you're not necessarily wrong either. And I don't blame that as an argument at all, and I can rather see your points a lot. But here's where I think they're separated. If you asked, which is likely, it's for them to guard each other. Kevin Durant is going to have a much harder time stopping Giannis Antetokounmpo than Giannis will guarding Kevin Durant. Giannis can guard truly every position on the floor. He can he he can guard KD out on the perimeter. He's fast enough, athletic enough. I'm not saying KD wouldn't get his, but if you're asking me stopping like who's more likely it's the end of the game to get a stop? More likely, it's going to be Giannis could stop Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant could not stop Giannis. Giannis would back him in the post, use his size and strength, and just bully him in the paint. Could he hit a jumper on KD? No, probably not. Probably not, if you're asking him to do like a step-in three. No, but I like Giannis's chances of guarding Kevin Durant's step-in three over over uh, KD guarding him in the post, for sure. Um so that's my argument. And he, he's just a better complete player, and we've seen that he's an incredible passer now too. I mean, in five weeks, he grew incredibly much. He started to realize that he could live in the paint and just live there and nothing you could do about it. I mean, he shot sixty over 60% from the field in the NBA Finals. He had 35 and 13. 
um, in the final game, he literally makes all, almost all of his free throws. He drops a 50-piece, and he gets uh, – he drops a 50-piece, and he gets five blocks and just showing maximum effort on defense. He's a complete player. If you double him, he's he's intelligent enough and knows how to pass out of a double to hit the open man. So you can't do that. In one of the game, he even had a triple double in one of the games in these playoffs. Um, you know, and I think him winning it this year, it's it's kept that door open for him to be you know one of the greats of all time. Now, you know, the big thing is if he didn't win it this year, next year, like that door pretty much shuts. And I think fair, I think fair, fair assessments. Um, but this it allows him at least guaranteed the conversation of a top ten. With imagining that his career progresses this way, this ring solidifies him a hero forever in Milwaukee, like it did Kareem. Um, and here's the other thing: and because he won, when he if he played out this contract, he'd be thirty when the contract's done. He could leave, and nobody would be upset. Like say say like the next three years, three and a half year, or four years. Or yeah, next three seasons they get like semis, Eastern Conference Finals, and like semis again. And then he goes, "Hey, I'm leaving, and I'm going to Miami." I don't think anybody would be upset. He won him a ring. He did his job. He stayed, met through his contract, I, I, and I don't think anybody would, would flack him for it. To be honest, um, so I, and here's the other thing that it keeps open. It still leaves open the conversation for him to being the greatest of all time. Because he's 26 now, he has a ring. He'll be 27 next year. He'll be. He has three, four more years where he's still in his prime. And say he just wins one more in those three years, and then he goes title chasing. He could end up with four rings. Uh, if he ends up with three or four rings, I mean, you could be talking about the new greatest player of all time. I mean, how would you stop him? Uh, yes, he didn't have Jordan six, but if he had four, and he's on, and he say he goes to the finals five times, but he wins four. And he's the key player because he would be, and he's just dominant offensive defensively. I mean, he's still gonna win. He's gonna win another MVP. He's going to. He's going to. He's twenty six. There's no way in the next four years he doesn't win an MVP. So, you know, I think, and, and next year, who knows? I mean, because if you look at the, you look at the East, who's really the only title challengers now? Miami could be, depending on if they got like a Bradley Beal or. Uh, really, a da- like Damian Lillard, but you have the Sixers and the Nets are really the Bucks' only competition. I like the Bucks against the Sixers, particularly if they don't get uh, Lillard and they keep this team. Um, I-, I think I-, I don't think the Sixers could beat the Bucks. I don't. Um, and the Nets. Oh, here's the other thing I was going to say. So now, even with this title. I'm hoping next year, like what I said about uh, you know the mental for for Giannis, I'm hoping it helps Drew Holiday because I think Chris Middleton will be fine. I think he'll have some improvement and he'll help that he'll have the mental blocker thing gone to now, and um, he'll be good. And I think he'll be better next year. But I think Drew Holiday will play better and more consistent because of this. Because if he's not, they really need to get rid of him if they want to continue this and try and make a dynasty. They need to get they need to get a solid third scorer if they plan on. If they plan on uh, sustaining runs like this. Now, granted, next year they should have DiVincenzo again, who I think can produce at least 10 points for you. Um, but the key, like I had said, was Bobby Portis, that bench scoring. 
They're going to lose him because he's going to be valued next year. Maybe he returns and he takes a pay cut. That would be huge if they could. Um, but, and then you have the West. You have really the Suns again, <clears throat> uh, the Lakers, not the Clippers because Kawhi is going to be out all season. The Clippers will make playoffs, but they're not contenders. You could argue the Nuggets now that they'll have Murray back, but I don't have faith in them. And if anybody ever tells me again that it's going to be the Utah Jazz, I will fuck. It. I have a bridge for you. I have a bridge to sell you. That's what I would say. <coughs> so, yeah. Um, and so this summer, the big lookout, and there's a lot of things that can shake up. There's a lot of unhappy players. You have Kemba Walker sitting in OKC, who they've made clear that he's a trade asset. Uh, you have. It's not JaVale. Um, Jalen. Jalen Brown in Boston, who I think is probably on the block. And then you have Bradley Beal. Excuse me, hiccups. You have Bradley Beal uh, in Washington, arguably maybe Westbrook too. Lillard is unhappy. KP is definitely in Dallas on the trading blocks. And then Miami has Oladipo. Um, now, a trade that I think is more than likely to happen is you could see Portland disband their team. They would... Um, I think a likely trade you're going to see is Philadelphia sends... Philadelphia sends... Um, Damn, what was it? Uh, I think it's, oh, it's uh, Philadelphia sends Ben Simmons and I think it was Ben Simmons and like Shake Milton or something like that. Um, and then the Sixers get Damian Lillard. And the Dallas Mavericks get oh, and they get uh, the Dallas Mavericks get um, CJ McCollum and uh, the and the net uh, and the uh, um, and the Blazers also get uh, KP from Dallas. So that was a trade that I thought up that I think could work. Where you now give Dallas another second scorer. Somebody who can handle the ball, give Luka the off-ball look. Um, Sixers get what they want, a.k.a. Damian Lillard, and the Blazers get the tank. Works out for them all. Um, maybe they give Nursech to the Celtics in uh, trade for Al Horford or something like that. Um, but there's a lot of big trades. I think <clears throat> I think Lillard's going to end up in either Miami or the Sixers. Um I think Beal ends up in either Miami or stays put or Dallas. Uh, and Kemba Walker, I don't know where he's going to end up. That's an interesting one. Uh, maybe in Milwaukee, but I don't think so. Um, all right, on to UFC. So this weekend, uh, not a lot to talk about. Uh, obviously, only the uh, the main event is the biggest one. It is a fight night. 
Um, here's some interesting fights that I think you that'll interest me that I think you guys should watch. Uh, Mickey Gall, obviously notorious for beating CM Punk. He's back. He's six uh, six and two, looking to go seven and two. That'll be a good fight. Um, and then it's Kyler Phillips. He's looking. It's gonna be a good fight. He's going against. Can't remember the guy's name, but he's twenty and three, Brazilian uh, fighter. Um, he's two and one in his last three fights. Kyler Phillips, obviously undefeated in the last three fights. Uh, I expected to go the full round, but uh, I Kyler and Kyler Phillips to win. But that's gonna be a good fight. Um, and then obviously the main event, which is just gonna be killer. Uh, it's TJ Dillashaw coming back out of his uh, suspension versus uh, Corey Sandhagen. Now, do I think? Now, before I first and foremost, I'm gonna acknowledge and I'm gonna you know talk about TJ Dillashaw coming back. You know he he popped for EPO. Um, all hatred and dislike for the man is very fair. Um, you know, it, it makes you wonder, it, it, it just, it taints his titles, his defenses. It's like, because of that, when Cody, Cody Garbrandt almost had him out in the first round and it makes you just go, he should have won that. Like, he should have won that because he should have gotten him out. And it makes you think, if he hadn't been on EPO, he probably wouldn't have done that, been able to recover like that fast. And it just, it tarters everything. It's like, okay, he's 8 no, He had, you know, he had eight wins in the UFC at that point. But, you know, they were illegitimate, my point of view. Now, people who want to go ahead and they want to argue that, like, oh, it didn't make him, like, just because he took EPO, it's not like that just made him this great player, like, this great great fighter. Like, he was a great fighter. Yes, that, that is true. That is also very true. But when you're a great fighter and then you also get an even bigger edge through through steroids, it it's not the same. It, it's still uh, It's still a big deal and it's still rigging it. It's still giving you an advantage that other people aren't having. So, I, I and I'm not saying like, look, you're gonna watch like he's gonna be like EPO, like he's gonna go in there against Corey Sanhagen, he's just gonna get demolished. Like you're gonna show this, see the truth. No, I expect a good fight. I expect TJ Dillashaw to still be good. I think he's still gonna be a great fighter. But is he gonna be a champion again? Is does does it make it where? You're like, he really wasn't a championship fighter like that. Because there is an advantage in recovery. There is an advantage in allowing... It allows your body to do more and more efficiently. Um, And so, like, getting hit in the face and you're on EPO and you get cracked, that recovery when you're sitting for a minute on the stool is going to be better for you. It's going to... Your body will recover quicker than it would when you're not taking it. That's huge in fighting. Um... you know, I, I expect TJ Dillashaw, and I'm not even saying he can't win this fight. I don't think he will. I think Corey Sanhagen is too big, long. He's got great takedown defense. I know he got chucked up by Aljamain Sealing, but he's also got hands. I think he's going to keep his range, and I think TJ will try to get on the ground. Um, I just don't see it going well. I think he loses. I would. I think it's going to be uh, a third-round TKO by Corey, Dill, uh, Corey Sanhagen. I think it's going to be a good fight, though. And it wouldn't surprise me if it went the full distance, but um, and it would. I would be surprised if TJ won, just because he's also been inactive for two years. So it's like, 
you know, it's going to be different for him. Um, I, I would be surprised if he won, but I wouldn't be like shocked and appalled. I wouldn't be like, this is a massive upset. Um, cause he is a good fighter and like what people say are true. It's like, it, it doesn't make you just, just cause you're taking EPO doesn't make you this goat. No, but it, it allows you to separate yourself from the other great fighters. <clears throat> um, so those are my thoughts on that. Um, other than that, everybody, you know, just, uh, I hope you all have a blessed day. Um, and, uh, more to come. Uh, and that's it. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Bye.